Nehemiah chapter 12 this morning, Nehemiah chapter 12, and uh, hopefully you received some notes as you came in this morning. On the front side there of your notes is just a simple version of the outline. I tried to leave some space for you to be able to add in some of your own thoughts as God works in your heart this morning. On the back of your notes this morning is a little place to be able to share some things that you are thankful for that God has done in your life, that you have to praise God for. And I hope you'll take some time, probably not during the service this morning, although if something just hits your heart and mind, say, I just need to write this down right now, feel free to do that. But next Sunday evening at 5 p.m., we're going to join together for our evening service for a time of praise and thanksgiving to God. We have much to give thanks for. We've sung about it in the song each week, Thanks to God for my Redeemer. Thanks for the winter, the summer, the spring, the fall. Thanks for the good days and the bad days. Thanks for what you provide. Thanks for what you deny. We sing that every week, but I hope you'll take some time to write some things specifically that you are thankful for. And next Sunday evening, we'll have a chance to be able to share those things together. And I know it'll be a great time as we praise and thank God together. I think it's wonderful how God orchestrates His messages that He wants for us to hear each week. And we've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah, studying it together for quite a few weeks now. I looked this week. We've been in Nehemiah for 13 messages. And this is our 14th message from the book of Nehemiah. And I'm thankful to continue this study. And I think it's appropriate that as we've continued through this study, we are now at the place where the people are giving praise and thanks to God. Very appropriate for the time of year that we're in as we look forward to Thanksgiving in under two weeks as that special holiday set aside. But really as believers, we have things we should be thankful for all year round. Amen? And I hope that you're thankful all year round for what God has done for you. But as we come to this time of year, I hope that your heart is turned even more towards Thanksgiving to God. And the children of Israel, as they have gone through this time of great struggle, as their walls have then been rebuilt, as the people come together, as they have faced opposition from their enemies around them, as people who tried to get them to quit, they continued on and God helped them to complete the walls in just 52 days. But after the walls were completed, of course, they still had a problem. They were still sinners, just like you and I still have a problem. We still sin, we still struggle, we still fail, we still have problems. And even though we may be working on some things in our lives, there's still problems that come from outside and bring struggle and pain and difficulty into our life. And the children of Israel experienced all of those things, and yet God continued to work in their lives. And as they returned to the Word of God, as they once again came back to God's truth and reminded themselves of what God had said, as they returned to God in obedience to His Word, as they confessed their sin and got right with God, then the people were brought into this closer relationship with God. Now, one thing that's interesting to note, as we've moved into chapter 11 and 12, there's actually a big chunk of time that took place in here that you don't notice if you're just reading quickly through the text. Because after they completed the walls and they got things together, and after the people returned to God as the word of God was read in chapter 8, there's a period of time when Nehemiah actually had to return back to Persia. 
The king called him back because he had only given him leave for a short period of time to go and rebuild the wall. And so Nehemiah goes back to Persia and he gives a report to the king. He continues his work there for the king. And many Bible scholars believe there's a period of some 12 or 13 years that passes by before Nehemiah then returns back. And in chapter 12, as we're going to look at this morning, we see them dedicating the walls that they had built. Now think about the situation that was going on. Nehemiah is working for the king of Persia. This is a foreign king. This was the king that was in charge of the land, even of the land of Israel. The Israelites were paying tribute to this king. Now you understand what that means, right? The Israelites were not in charge of their own land. They had been conquered by a foreign nation. So they're paying tribute to this king. To even be able to rebuild the wall was just a, a, a complete miracle that the foreign king would allow them to build a wall to have protection around their land. This made it possible, and some kings, most kings would not have allowed this because they would have seen this as a sign of potential rebellion. Hey, we have our wall built. Now we're going to be able to protect ourselves, and now we're going to stop paying tribute and try to fight off this foreign power. But God, through His great power, through His work, even in the heart of a pagan king, allowed the children of Israel to rebuild this wall. And then Nehemiah, he goes back to continue his occupation there as the king's cupbearer. But now the king has allowed him to return to Israel once again. And the people are coming together here in chapter 12, and they are giving praise to God. Last Sunday, if you were here, we saw that they gave of themselves to God. Chapter 11, it talks how they gave of themselves willingly. The people came together, one-tenth of all the people moved back to Jerusalem to repopulate the city and to continue the work that God had for them there. See, the worship of God at this point in time took place primarily in the temple. And the temple was in Jerusalem. So they needed people in Jerusalem to continue the worship of God. So the fact that these people moved back to Jerusalem was an act of devotion and obedience to God so that the worship of God could continue. Here in chapter 12, as we continue on, we're going to see this morning, not only did they give of themselves, they also gave their praise to God. So that's why the title of the message is very simple this morning, The Gift of Thanks and Praise to God. Look, if you will, with me at Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse number 27. The first 26 verses really are a continuation of those who were giving of themselves to God, those who were back in Jerusalem to continue the work of God. And in verse 27, we pick up the story of the dedication of the wall. It says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites... Out of all their places. Now, the Levites were a special group, a special tribe of the Israelites that were chosen by God to help lead in worship. They were there to serve in the temple, they were there to help lead them in singing and praise to God. Kind of let you know that God values our praise. That's why I love the psalm that Freddie read this morning that begins Make a joyful noise unto the Lord 
all ye lands. God wants to hear you sing. God wants to hear your praise. God wants to hear your psalms and praise and songs of thanksgiving to Him. I've heard people say before, well, I'm just not a very good singer. God wants to hear your joyful noise as well. So do the best that you can in praise to Him, all right? Because you're not singing to me, you're singing to Him. Give your praise to God, just like a parent loves to hear the little funny noises that their child makes when they're first learning to talk. I think God enjoys to hear even the funny noises that we may make sometimes in our effort to give praise to Him. But they called the Levites together, and then it says, they came to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers, this isn't just their children, it's talking about all those that identified as singers, all those who were singers in the land, just like Jesus as the Son of God does not mean He's not God. Jesus is God. He's just referred to as the Son of God because He, he submits Himself to the Father. But the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem, and from the villages of Netophathai, also from the house of Gilgal, and out of the fields of Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers had builded them villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people and the gates and the wall. Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate, and after them went Hoshiah and half of the princes of Judah, and Azariah, Ezra, and Meshulam, Judah and Benjamin, and Shemaiah and Jeremiah, and certain of the priest's sons with trumpets, namely Zechariah the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zachar, the son of Asaph, and his brethren Shemaiah and Azareel, Malali, Gal Gal I'm sorry, Galali, Maiah, Nethaniel, and Judah, Hanani with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra, the scribe before him. Notice there's quite a crowd of people here. We have Levites, we have priests, we have singers, we have the princes of the land. Even Ezra is mentioned. We have all of these different people coming together to praise God. We have all kinds of instruments. We had those that played trumpets, cymbals, psalteries, harps. Notice even it says the musical instruments of David. This is talking about King David who made these different musical instruments. And now the people are bringing them together to praise God. I think it's a wonderful thing. You think of David. He had lived many, many years before this time. But the music that David had written, the instruments that David had invented were being used by these people even many, many years later to praise God. It says wonderful things for why we should write music, why we should teach our children music and musical instruments to continue to pass on the ability and the tools needed to praise our God. 
That's why I'm thankful for boys and girls that are studying music. I'm thankful for parents who are encouraging their children to learn how to sing, to learn how to praise God. That's why it's okay to have young people in the choir and young people helping in, in uh, playing instruments and children that are working in a choir to present a program to us about the birth of Jesus Christ. We want people to learn how to praise God and sing God, sing to God together. And it says in verse 37, And at the fountain gate, which was over against them, they went up by the stairs of the city of David, at the going up of the wall above the house of David, even unto the water gate eastward. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them, and I after them. So Ezra was with one group. Nehemiah was with the other group. Do you get the picture here? So they've divided all the people into two groups. Half of the princes, half of the priests, half of the singers, half of the people were with Ezra going one way around the wall. The other half were with Nehemiah going the opposite way around the wall. Think about this. Can you imagine what a gathering this would have been as all the people gathered together, as they divided themselves up into two groups, as they organized, as they went up the steps, as it says, these steps of David, they went up the steps to the wall and began to march around the wall in opposite directions. This would have been quite a day of praise and thanksgiving to God. In some ways, I think, we should think the same way when it comes to praising God, don't you? Now, this morning, I'm not going to divide you up into two groups. We're not going to organize and start marching around this building. I'm not going to put you up on the roof and march you around this building. And yet, this is what these people did. They didn't just walk around the wall. They walked on top of the wall. It wasn't just a few people praising God. It was all the people praising God. It was everybody giving thanks to God. This was an exciting day of praise to the Lord. We live in a day today where I think we're often as Christians afraid to give praise and thanks to God. We're afraid for people to hear us or see us giving praise and thanks to God. But I want to encourage you, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We ought to share the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in us. We ought to not be afraid to share the good news of the gospel with somebody else. I'm thankful this morning I was given a tract on the way in and I put some on the back table. On the front it says, give thanks. And inside it shares the message of the gospel that Jesus saves. There is nothing greater that we have to give thanks for than the fact that Jesus Christ has saved us from our sin. I would encourage you, even as you leave this morning, maybe to take one of those tracks with you in church track and share it with somebody else and maybe say, I have a reason to be thankful. God is good and Jesus has forgiven me of my sin and I'd like to share that with you. Maybe you'd have something to be thankful as well. Perhaps somebody would take it from you because it's a time to give thanks. And as people's hearts and minds are given towards thanksgiving, they would think this way. So they went up on this wall, verse 38, the other company of them that gave thanks went up over against them, I after them, and the half of the people upon the wall from beyond the tower of the furnaces, even unto the broad wall, and from above the gate of Ephraim, and above the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the tower of Hananiel, and the tower of Mia, even under the sheep gate. And they stood still 
in the prison gate. So stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God and I and half of the rulers with me. Now you say, why is he listing out all these gates? Why is he giving a list of all these people? Remember what has just happened? There was no wall here. It had been broken down. The gates had been burned with fire. And the people had come together. They had divided up the work. Some of them, if, as you read earlier in the book of Nehemiah, some of them took from this gate to that gate. Another family worked next to them. Another family worked by their house. Another family worked by their house. All the people came together. And in 52 days, they had rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. And now as they come to dedicate these walls to give praise and thanks to God, as the people are grouped up and marching around, think about what it must have been like to walk past those gates, to walk above those gates as they walk by the wall and think, I laid this stone. I put that brick in its place. I work next to them. See, there had been a time when they needed workers on the wall. They also needed watchers on the wall because the enemies were trying to attack but now all the people came together to be worshipers on the wall. And I'm so excited even to be a part of God's family and to be a part of this church family because, yes, we need workers in the work that God has given us. Yes, we need those that are watching out for others who are struggling and those who would seek to attack. But praise God, we can all be worshipers of Him this morning. That we can come together and worship God and say, praise God for what He did for us. Thank the Lord for His goodness to us. We have something to be excited about this morning because of what God has done. So as they marched around, it says in verse 41, And the priests, Eliakim, Messiah, Meniam, Micaiah, Eloani, Zechariah, and Hananiah with trumpets, and Messiah, and Shemaiah, and Eliezer, and Uzi, and Jehonan, and Malchijah, and Elam, and Ezer. And the singers sang loud. I like that. When I was directing the choir, I started the choir at our church in Indiana, and, and uh, they got up there, and we had a nice little group of people, but they would just kind of mumble along. And one time in a choir practice, I said, all I need is one person who will sing out loud. I said, I'm singing out loud, but my face is to you. People can't hear me from the back. I need somebody in the choir that will just sing out loud. And if one person will sing out loud, I think that will encourage everybody else to sing out loud. Because everybody's afraid to sing out loud because somebody else might hear me. Or I might make a mistake. Or I might mess up. Listen, you're singing out loud to the Lord. Sing out. It's okay, because God is worthy to be praised. It says, they sang loud with Jezehiah, their overseer. So they even had a choir director. Thankful for Billy, who's working with our choir and leading them and teaching them songs. I know it's work. I know it's rehearsal. I know it's time. But you have an opportunity to lead us as we worship God together. And just because you're not in the choir doesn't mean you shouldn't be singing out as well. All the people praised him together. Verse 43, also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. Notice why they rejoiced. This is so important. 
because there are a lot of people running around, making a lot of noise about a lot of things. But here's why they rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. Why did they rejoice? Because God made them rejoice. They had a reason to rejoice because of what God had done for them. If you have not experienced what God has done for you, then you probably don't have a whole lot of reason to rejoice this morning. But having a God who's done a great work in your life gives you a joy that nobody can take away. If your joy is found only in your family this morning, I hate to break it to you, but families can be taken away. If your joy is only found in your finances this morning, your finances can pass away. If your joy is even in your freedom, even freedoms can be taken away. Our joy as a Christian, our joy as a believer can be found a true and eternal and lasting joy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. We have great things to rejoice in the Lord this morning. It says they rejoice for God had made them rejoice with great joy. Notice this wasn't just the singers. It wasn't just the Levites. It says the wives also, the ladies rejoiced and the children rejoiced. I love to hear children rejoice. I love to hear the men rejoice. I love to hear the ladies rejoice. Do you see that last phrase of verse 43? So that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. What a great statement. And I think it would be a great statement that could be said of us. Wouldn't it be great if people would say, the joy of a rise was heard even afar off. The joy of my family was heard even afar off. The joy of the Lord is your strength. They said of these people that day that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. And yet I would say for many Christians today, we don't have much joy. And if we do, it's not joy that most people have ever heard about. The joy of this people that day, as they gave thanks to God for what He had done, it was heard afar off. As we think about this idea of praise and thanksgiving this morning, I want to give you a few points. You should have them in your note there. Notice, first of all, back in verse 30, it says, And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people and the gates and the wall. I would tell you this morning, praise and thanksgiving is best given with a pure heart. It's hard to praise God when you're not right with God. It's hard to praise God when there's something that has separated you from God. 
And here's the thing that separates us from God. It separates everybody from God. The Bible says it this way, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin separates us from God. The Bible says this as well, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. For as by the sin of one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so then death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, these people, as they came to give thanks and praise to the Lord, they began by purifying themselves so that they could be ready to give praise to God. They came... Then they purified themselves, then they praised God. I think that order is very important. Some people want to switch things around. They pretend to praise God when they haven't bothered to purify themselves, and that doesn't work. It's fake. You know it, and I hate to break it to you, but everybody else knows it too. Sometimes we think we can come in, oh, I put on my happy church face. It shows. Praise always comes out of a pure heart, true praise. You can be loud, you can be noisy, you can run around, you can do a lot of things, but if it's not coming out of a pure heart, a right relationship with God, all it is is noise. And it's empty. It's empty praise. I think it's interesting, though, because... The people that came and purified themselves, notice they had first come. They, they had come to the place. Sometimes we want to switch that around and think, well, I'll, I'll get myself cleaned up and then I'll come serve God. No, that's not the right order either. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you come to God, you come as you are. People think, well, i got to get cleaned up, i got to change this, i got to fix that. I've heard people say this, well, I can't come to church because I have too many tattoos. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've heard people say things like, to me, people say that to me. Well, I can't come to church because I don't have any nice clothes. I've heard people say things like that. Well, I, I, I don't know if I can come and really follow God because I don't understand all of what the Bible says. People say things like that. And if they don't say it, a lot of people think things like that. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You don't have to come to God perfectly. God makes you righteous. He declares you righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So yes, sin separates us from God, but if you will come to God, God can purify you. God can wash away your sin. God can make you right with Him. 
This is for the unbeliever, but I would also encourage you it's for the believer as well because there are those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and yet through bad choices and difficult things, they've walked away from God and now they think, well, I can't come back to God until I get all this stuff cleaned up and then I'll get back. No, come back to God and let Him purify you. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will exalt you in due time. Trust in the Lord. Come to God and let Him do the work of purifying your heart. And as your heart is purified before God, then you'll be able to praise God and give thanks to Him as you should. But I would tell you this morning, and this is a sad reality that we face, that there are churches all around, maybe even people in this church this morning, that have come to God or come to church but you're not right with God. You come to church and you tried to sing songs, but the praise was just on your lips. It wasn't coming from your heart. Because to praise God, it begins by having a pure heart. And to have a pure heart, you must first come to God. Notice as they came with a pure heart, they praised Him with gladness, with thankfulness with singing and instruments. These people came to praise the Lord. I want to challenge you with this. You cannot purify yourself. Some people think that. Well, I'll just purify myself. You can't do it. You can take a bath. You can take a shower. You can clean on the outside, but you can't purify what's on the inside. Only God can do that. There's a lot of things done in the name of religion that is all about purifying myself. You can't purify yourself. All about, well, just help yourself. You can't truly help yourself. Only God can help you. Only God can purify you. Only God can change you. Coming to church won't purify you. Doing good things won't purify you. Being a nice person doesn't purify you. Only God can purify you. And if you've never had your sins forgiven, or you have, but you're living in sin for some reason, you must come back to the Lord. Say, God, forgive me. Purify me. Make me right with you. I would challenge you this morning especially. I mean, it would be wonderful any time to do this, but especially at a time that we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving in a few weeks to make sure that your heart is right with God. It'll make your praise at church much better. It'll make your Thanksgiving dinner with your family much better. And instead of having to make up something on the fly, when you go around the table and say, what are you thankful for? Oh, thankful for turkey. Okay, great. I'm glad you're thankful for turkey. But God's given us so many things. You know, instead of that being just a frustrating time, like, oh, when can we get past the Thanksgiving time and actually get to the food? Instead, I almost think if we were right with God that the Thanksgiving time would take so much time, well, 
all right, we better stop this. Let's get some food and we'll keep giving praise to God. Amen? Next Sunday night when we're doing this, we're going to do it all at the same time. I'm not sure how it's all going to work. Hopefully it'll be fun. But we're going to have time of singing, time of scripture reading, time of praise to God, and time of eating all at the same time. And it's going to be fun. And I hope you'll come at 5 o'clock next Sunday night. And come hungry, because I've seen the sign-up sheet. There's going to be a lot of food here. I even talked to um, David, who's planting New Life Baptist Church, and we're helping him do that. They're going to come and hopefully bring a few of their folks over next Sunday night. That'll be exciting. That's another reason to praise God. God's blessing them. Just this past week, he called me and told me that during their uh, trunk or treat that they had on a Thursday night, uh, one of the community civic leaders stopped by and met with them and said, wow, this is amazing. What are you doing? They said, well, we're starting a new church here. And she said, I'm going to see if I can get our whole civic group to come to your Christmas program because we want our people to know about this church. She said, there's 150 families. I said, all right, David, now you're going to be supporting us pretty soon. <laughs> That's okay, Amen. Pray for them, because while those things are exciting, we all know, well, that may not be how it actually works out. That's okay. God's plans are the best plans, but we're excited to know what God could do. We'll see what God will do, but we know what He can do. So they were purified. Notice, second of all, that praise and thanksgiving is something that everyone should participate in. Kind of already made that point as we read through the passage together. But I want to reiterate that. Because sometimes we think, well, that's pastor's job. Or that's just the singer's job. No, it's everybody's responsibility. I think the problem is sometimes we don't have anything to be thankful for because our perspective is not right. The people came together, the priests, the Levites, the singers, the princes, all the people to praise the Lord. I love what Psalm 67 says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us that Thy way may be known upon earth, Thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for Thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us in all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Now, I think there's an interesting order in that psalm. He says, let the people praise Thee. We have a lot to praise God for. But they praised Him, and then God blessed them. And then all the nations of the earth saw and heard what God was doing. Have you ever wondered what God might do if we as His children would praise Him as we should? God doesn't want us to hold back our praise. God doesn't want us to limit our praise because we serve a limitless God who deserves 
all praise who is worthy of every praise and every bit of worship that we could possibly give to Him. Let us praise the Lord together. The people were split into these two groups. One group led by Ezra. Nehemiah was a part of the other group. The princes led the priests behind blowing trumpets. And the Levites and all the other people came behind them singing praises to God for what He had done. May we praise God together for what He has done. If you were here last year at our praise and thanksgiving service, I would tell you is one of the sweetest services that we had all year long. It was simple. We sang some songs, we read some scripture, and we heard testimony of praise and thanksgiving to God for what He has done. We have so much to be thankful for. And what I loved last year was hearing a testimony from Amelie of how she trusted Christ as her Savior. I'll never forget that. Thank you for giving that praise last year. Thankful for her sharing how her parents helped to lead her to Christ. That's a blessing. It's a blessing to have parents that will even come to church with you and bring you to church. It's thankful for Stella who talked about how she was coming back to God and how being a part of our church, God had worked in her life. It's thankful for praises of others who shared how when they had trusted Christ as their Savior. I was thankful for those who shared praises of how God was working in their hearts through other people who were sharing truth with them and others who were discipling them. I was thankful for all the praises. Boys and girls gave praises. Moms and dads gave praises. Grandmas and grandpas gave praises. It was a wonderful time of thanksgiving to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The praise is something that everyone should participate in. But notice as well from this chapter that praise and thanksgiving is also a testimony to others. It's a testimony to others. Take just a minute, turn back a few chapters in your Bible to Nehemiah chapter 4. Because how quickly we forget where these people had come from. Remember what happened when they began to rebuild the wall? One of their detractors, one of their enemies, said this about their wall. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Now what is taking place? All of the people are walking on top of the wall. The enemy said, even a fox, if he walked on your wall, it would fall down. Now they've put hundreds of people, maybe even thousands of people, up on top of the wall marching around. Isn't that a great testimony? says to that enemy, you can say what you want about us, but we serve a great God. And with our God's help, look what we've been able to do. We're able to walk on this wall ourselves. No fox is knocking this wall down. We're on it together, giving praise to God together for what He has done. 
You see, our praise and thanksgiving is a testimony to others. It is a testimony to the power of God, to what God can do through His people. You know what we heard a lot of last year when we gave praises during that time? We heard a lot of people who shared some of their own personal struggles and their own personal shortcomings and their own difficulties and problems that they were having. And then they turned around and thanked God for what He had done in their lives. See, praise and thanksgiving doesn't remove your problems. Rather, it gives honor to the God who is greater than our problems, who can make the difference when we can't. When we give praise to God, we're saying, God, I'm weak and you're strong. God, you're good and I'm not. God, we need you. We can't do it on our own. The people were giving praise to God because a testimony it was to the power of God. And it was the reality of their faith. This testimony was an opportunity to prove that this work was wrought of our God. Back in Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 16, this is as they finish the wall. It says this, And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, the same enemies that said, even a fox would knock your wall down. It says, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Folks, we miss out on a tremendous opportunity to give a testimony to those around us who are lost when we fail to praise God and give thanks for what He has done. Probably many of you, as I know I will, when you sit down for your Thanksgiving meal with your family, you may have some gathered there who are unbelievers. What a testimony opportunity when you give thanks to God for what He has done. Because God has given you things that the unbeliever has never experienced. What a tremendous testimony. You see, I think when we fail to give praise to God as we should, it's almost like we're taking credit for what we have. I don't have time to tell you who gave me this. It's just mine now. And I'm enjoying it. But what changes now when we give praise to God and give thanks to Him? We are honoring God for what He has done. I mean, think about this. What, what if I came to church every Sunday and I got up here and said, look what I've done. You know, I gave birth to all these kids. You would laugh at me. You said, no, you didn't. Your wife did. Well, I work hard and, and help provide for food and clothes for these kids. But if I was honest, I'd say, well, only God gave me the strength to do that. Well, look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. That's not what the people did. These people weren't gathering together to say, look, we built this wall. Look at us. Aren't we great? Isn't this awesome? No, they got together and they gave praise to God. It was a great testimony to 
all the heathen, all the enemies, all the doubters, all the unbelievers around them. I think it's sad when Christians don't give praise to God. I know when you come to church on a Sunday, it doesn't remove magically all of your burdens that you're carrying. I know there are people hurting this morning physically. There are people hurting spiritually. There are people hurting emotionally. Some of you may have had a rough morning at home even getting here this morning. Don't worry, those things happen in my house too. Some of you are going to go home to things. You're going to face stuff this week. We have people who aren't even able to join us in church this morning because of illness, because of treatment, because of surgeries, because of recoveries, because of difficulties. Look around this morning and there's some people missing that I'm praying for because they're going through some difficult things. It's not because they don't like us. It's not because they don't want to be here. They'd rather be here than where they are right now, but they can't. But when we come to church or when we gather together as believers and we can't give praise to God for what He has done, it's because we have the wrong perspective. We're focused on our problems instead of on our provider. We're focused on our struggles instead of on our Savior. We're focused on what's going on around us instead on, of focusing on our Almighty God. And coming together to church, coming to worship God, coming to praise Him, doesn't mean we don't have any problems. It doesn't mean that we don't have any enemies. It doesn't mean that we don't have any difficulties. What it does mean is we have a God who's bigger than all those things, who gives us the strength to carry on, who gives us the hope of eternal life, who gives us the answers in His Word to live faithfully for Him day by day. So you don't have to be fake and phony in your praise by pretending that you don't have any problems. But you can praise Him even in your storm because He's the God who has the ability to calm any storm when He wants to. See, sometimes we, get strug we struggle because we're worried about what God is doing. Don't worry about what God is doing. God is going to do exactly what He wants to do when He wants to do it because He is God. He can't do anything but that. If He did, He would not be God. Instead, focus on what God is doing and what God can do. Like Jonathan said to his armor bearer that day, The Lord is not restrained to save by many or by few. It may be the Lord will work for us. As believers, we must act in what God can do and not sit back frustrated because God's not doing what we want Him to do. See, we can praise God because He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. But it doesn't always look like we expect it to along the way. We had a great time yesterday, some of us praising God, giving thanks to Him as we enjoyed Abe and Linda's vow renewal. That was a blessing. But it doesn't mean it removes all struggle from their life, does it? 
But it is a moment where they can come together and say, before God and before all these witnesses, we want to be committed to each other and to God. And we praise God for that. And that's why at the end of the ceremony yesterday, I looked at those who were gathered and I said, we need to commit to pray and encourage and to continue to help this couple follow God. Not because they're perfect now. No, because they still have problems, just like we all have problems. And may we help them and rejoice with them and continue to encourage them. We came together to praise God for what He has done. We praise God for what He is doing. And we look forward to what God will continue to do in their lives. This was a testimony to the power of God, and this was a testimony to the reality of their faith. It was an opportunity for the unbelievers to see what God had done, but I would tell you it was also an opportunity for those who worked on the wall to see what each other had done. Think about it. As they're marching around, they're looking at other parts of the wall. They're on other places. They may have worked in this portion of the wall, but now they're, hey, I got to lay these bricks, and now they're over. Oh, that's where you worked. Oh, that's how that went together. Hey, look at this. Look what God has done, everybody together. I think that's one of the wonderful things about coming to church and praising God together, because you may come in kind of discouraged. You may have had a difficult week. You may be in the midst of a really difficult year. But you come to God and you see somebody else's smile. You see somebody else's praise. You hear somebody else giving thanks and you say, Hey, wait a minute. I can praise God too. I look forward to church on Sunday morning. Woo, it's Sunday morning. Let's go. I'm excited. Let's worship God. Doesn't mean my problems are all gone. But I get to encourage God to encourage others and worship God together with you. And that's a blessing. I drive in here on Sunday morning and it is a blessing to not be the only car in the parking lot. There was a day and it wasn't that long ago when a few times we were the only car in the parking lot. This parking lot's not that big, but it looks really big when there's only one car in it. <laughs> this building's not that big, but it looks really big when there's only... 30 people in it. But God is good. We have a lot to praise Him for. They perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Who perceived that? It was those around who were watching. How did they know? Because the people gave praise to God. Notice it doesn't say they perceived that this was a work of Nehemiah's great organizational skills. That's what sometimes we'd like to give praise to. Well, he's just this, or she's just that, or they just have this amazing ability. No, this was something that was wrought of God. I want that to be said of me. Not that, wow, he's a great person, but he must serve a great God. Not that, wow, that's an amazing church, but no, they worship a great God, and that's what makes it great. God's changed their lives. It says that the praise of thanksgiving and worship to God was a witness and testimony to others around Jerusalem. You see that at the end of verse 43. The joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. This was not the first time this had happened. It happened in Ezra chapter 3. 
Verse 13, it says, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. This is when they had completed the temple. It says, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. This is talked about in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 40, when Solomon was crowned king. It says, and all the people came up after him. The people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth was rent with the sound of them. Those are Old Testament, but I love in the New Testament what Paul says to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8 when he says this, For from you sounded out the word of God in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak any." Thing. Paul says to this church, everyone's already heard about what God's doing at your church. Why? Because their faith was spread abroad. People heard about it because their faith was changing lives. Their faith in God was allowing God to do His work that only He can in and through them. So they knew about it and everybody else knew about it. People said, something's going on over there in Macedonia and Achaia. God is at work there at the church in Thessalonica. How is this happening? Where is this coming from? There's something different about those people. I pray that that could be said of you and of me. I pray that that could be said of our church. I think one of the ways that that happens is as we share our faith as we are faithful to witness to others and say, this is what God has done for me and God can do this for you too. There's no place that you can get that God cannot reach. Come back to God. Come to God. He loves you. He wants to help you. And then I think this is done as God continues to change our lives as we continue to walk in His Word and grow in Him and be changed more and more to be like Christ This is happening in our church as people are sharing the gospel with those who are lost and they're trusting Him as Savior. This is happening in our church as people are discipling one another and teaching one another and helping them to grow. And this should continue to happen because that's not just a uh, sort of a dead-end street, right? It's a process that should keep repeating itself over and over and over again. If you think about it, it's why we sit here today. It's because somebody told us about Jesus, and somebody told them, and and you keep tracing it back. It goes all the way back eventually to some of these people in this Bible time that were faithful to share the good news, and it got passed down, and it was passed down, and it was passed down. Aren't you thankful for the person that told you about Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the one who showed you what God has said in His Word? Aren't you thankful for the God that gave His Word, that sent His Son? We have a lot to praise the Lord for. Let's take a moment and praise God for something right now. If you have either begun or completed or are somewhere in the process of working through our continue book, our Bible study book, would you stand this morning? Let's see who you are this morning. we got a good group in here. Amen, amen, amen. All right, look at this, look at this. Praise the Lord. That's good. Look around, there's a lot of people. Now, don't look at these people and say, well, these must be the good people, and I'm a bad person because I'm sitting down. No, 
These are people who are doing something actively to continue to study God's Word and grow in their faith. Hopefully, you're doing the same thing. If you're not, we'd like to help you. You can be seated. All right, I put them on the spot. Now, if you haven't had a chance to do that, now you know who you need to talk to. <laughs> Why? Because 2 Timothy 2.2 says, Find faithful men, teach them, so that then they can go on and teach others also. These folks aren't studying God's Word just so that they can be smarter than you. That's not why we study God's Word. They're studying it so that they can then share it with somebody else who can then share it with somebody else and continue to pass that down. There's nothing ultimately magical about this process. This is just how God has laid it out in His Word that we ought to be teaching one another and passing that down to the next, to the next, to the next. Parents, disciple your children. Husbands, disciple your wives. Wouldn't it be great if everybody in our church could point to two other people in their church and say, this is somebody who is pouring into me spiritually and this is somebody that I'm pouring into spiritually. Wouldn't it be great if we could go both ways? That would be my ideal. That everybody in the church could look around and point to somebody else in church and say, this is somebody. For some of the mothers here, they would be pointing to their children. Praise the Lord. For some of the men, they might be pointing to another man. They might be pointing to their wife. They might be pointing to their children as well. For some of the ladies, they're going to be pointing to another lady helping one another to grow spiritually, encouraging one another. We have a lot to praise God for. I look forward to hearing some testimonies about that next week. Spiritual growth, change in lives. This is a great testimony to others. But finally this morning, notice their praise and thanksgiving. It's motivated by God alone. You see that in verse number 43. It says, also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them to rejoice with great joy. What motivates your praise? What gives you a reason to be thankful? These people were thankful for who God was and what God had done for them. Each person had a part in the work, but they didn't walk around the wall saying, wow, I'm so thankful for myself that I worked right here and I built this portion of the wall. They say, how arrogant, how proud. God protected you. God gave you the materials. God did this. God gave you the ability. God brought all the people together. How arrogant to stand there and say, well, look what I did. And yet this is how some people live their lives. Well, I did this because I worked hard and I got a good education. I got a good job and I bought this nice house and I did this and I did that and we did this and we did that. Folks, anything you're able to do is only as a gift from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Don't take credit for things 
that are not yours. That's taking praise away from God. Remember I said earlier, God deserves all praise. Every praise is to our God. When we start giving praise to ourselves, we're taking away praise that is worthy of Him and Him alone. That's called sin. When we fail to praise God, we are doing wrong. We are taking away glory from an almighty God who deserves all the glory. We don't often think of it that way, do we? It's just kind of like, well, I kind of had a bad day. I didn't feel like praising God. No, when you're focused on your problem instead of turning your heart and your mind and your attitude towards God, that's, not, that, that's a lack of faith on your part. That's sin because you're refusing to honor God and give praise to God for what He has done. They say, well, you put it like that, it sounds like we're all sinners. Yes, you got it, we are. And we all need God's help, don't we? Their praise was to God and to God alone. It wasn't for praise for Ezra, even though Ezra was a part of this group. It wasn't praise for Nehemiah, even though Nehemiah was part of this group. You don't see Ezra and Nehemiah arguing about, well, who should get the credit for building this wall? It's very simple. They gave the credit to God. Even though these are two men who are both leaders of the people at the same time. Boy, we see that in our day and age, don't we? Well, I did this. This is mine. You know, at work, people all want their name on whatever project got completed and say, look what I did. Look who I am. Look what, look what I've done. Let's give praise to God for what He's done. Just might change the whole thing. We get into problems even in a church sometimes. Well, I did this. And boy, that nursery wouldn't run without me. I don't know what those children would do on Wednesday night in Awana if I wasn't there. Boy, that Sunday service, boy, sure dragon. If I got up and sang, boy, it'd make a huge difference. Yeah, it would, and it wouldn't be good. Let's just say it that way. If that's your attitude, right? No, praise to God comes out of a humble heart that says it's not about me. It's all about Him. If you've been around church for any time, you know there have been people like that. Maybe you've even been one of those people. Sure, I'm glad I'm a deacon here because, boy, I get things done. Sure, I'm glad I put that money in the offering plate because if I didn't do that, things just really wouldn't happen. People try to control things. People try to bring glory to themselves. People try to, you know, put their name on things. So everybody says, wow, wow, look what they've done. Folks, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Him. All the praise, all the glory goes to God. So these people got up. They walked around the wall. You know, in that day, to, to walk on something was to claim it as your own. In the Old Testament, God told Abraham, he says, every place that your foot touches is yours. He told the children of Israel that in Joshua as they began to walk through the land, that they would claim it as their own as they walked through it. In a sense, I think this is the same thing as they walk around the wall. They're saying, this is what God has given to us. This is the work that God has done for us. And as we give praise to God about every single thing, Wait, I think the Bible says that, doesn't it? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus to you, concerning you. We are claiming it as something that God has done for us, and we're making care, taking care to set it aside and say, this is not from me, this is from God. And that brings great praise to Him. Well, as I walk through, and I, I do this on a regular basis, I, I like to remember back, and then I like to look forward. 
As I walk through even this building, I walk around and say, boy, I'm so thankful that God impressed on those people to give those chairs, and we got those tables from those people, and, and the sound system came from these people, and you know they, these people came and cleaned, and these people came and power washed, and these people came and painted, and these people came and, and fixed the roof, and, and these people went over and gave this to those people. You know, and I just start thinking about all that God has done, and I step back and say, wow, God's good. You know, it keeps me realizing that I'm really small, and it keeps me reminded that he is really big. I thought about that yesterday, even as we're at the news house. And I think, hey, we're at the news house and Ava and Linda are here. And how cool is this that God allowed us to even meet you just a few months ago? Amen. I drove out of there yesterday and I said, I said to Shandy, I said, it's amazing. How did God do this? We could have never done all this. People said, there, there's a place to have a reception. I said, yeah, it's just three blocks from the church. Everybody's like, man, this is great. Watch out, don't let us kill you, because people are like, we should just do this all the time. <laughs> I said, well, Brad and Lisa, it's their house. You know, we don't want to kill them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. To think that God would allow us to happen by your door that day, just a few, like, like why were we there at that time? Maybe God's in charge. Why, why, are, why are you out walking on the street with Ben and Brennan with, and see London and want to go, pet the dog and meet Abe and Linda. Like, why did that happen? Maybe, maybe God orchestrated that. Why, why are the people here that are here? It's because God put them here. God's good. I, I think about the connections of, of people that have come and the people we've met and the people that have come to Christ. And I look back and I think, only God could do that. No amount of planning or preparation or organization on our part could have affected what God has done here. Now we ought to take what God gives us and we ought to do our very best with it because it's all His anyway. Only God brings Laura Gabriel and her children to come and sit in here on a Sunday morning when I'm hiding behind the stage ready to jump out from a time machine. Some of you have no idea what that is, but Laura remembers. Only God could change her job around so she can even be here on Sundays. She used to have to work every Sunday, and God gave her a different job within the same company through a boss who said, I think you might like this job because you can be off on Sundays. Only God can do that, and God can supply her needs as a single mom to be able to take care of herself and her children. It doesn't make her life easy, but what it does do is it shows that God's in charge and He takes care of needs. Only God could bring Lewis to us with all of his talents and abilities and all the blessing that he is. So thankful for him, writing birthday cards to people, ministering to people, praying for people. We've had some good times in my office just sharing prayer requests and praying together. And we need to do that even more. Only God could allow us to develop friendships with people that we've gotten to know during this process. I look around this room and there's just a small percentage of you that I knew even just a year or two years ago. Only God can do those things. Why are we sitting here together this morning? It's not because we built a building. It's not because we organized a service. It's only God. This is... A, an incredibly unique and diverse group of people here from 
many different backgrounds. How did that happen? Is it all because we like the same football team? Nope. That'll probably be shown Thursday night when a bunch of men come up here and we're cheering for the Texans versus the Colts. Now, I know, there'll be some guy who's going to show up in his Colts stuff and we'll make fun of him the whole time, you know. Because we're not here to worship the Texans. We're here to worship God. Men, I hope you'll come to that Thursday night and bring some friends with you. We're going to have some great food and some great fellowship. Some of us are already warming up for the cornhole tournament on Thursday night. and It's going to be intense. So you better start warming up your arm and practicing and all that good stuff. At halftime, we're going to uh, turn off the halftime show and we're going to have a gospel presentation. I think it'll be a good opportunity. Bring your friends, bring your boys. It'll be a good time. Weather permitting, we'll do it outside. If it's not great, we'll do it inside. Either way, we're going to have a good time. These people gave praise to God for what He had done. They offered their praise thankfully. It says that in verse 24 of Nehemiah 12, they gave thanks. It says it in verse 27, they kept the dedication with gladness, with thanksgivings. It says this in verse 31, that the two great companies of them gave thanks. It says this in verse 38, that the other company of them gave thanks. It says this in verse 36, that they sang songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. They offered their praise joyfully. It says that the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they gave praise and they had the dedication with gladness. In verses 43 and 44, it says that God made them rejoice with great joy and the children rejoiced. You see at the end of verse 44, it says for Judah rejoiced and they offered their praise loudly. They rejoiced so that others could hear. They sang loud. They were heard even afar off. So this morning... We've seen these people, they gave their praise and thanks to God. What do you have to praise God for and to thank Him for? Now, on the back of your notes, there's ten blanks. I think if we took some time, we could fill out more than ten. But I hope you'll take some time this afternoon, maybe this evening. If you have a family... This would be a good family exercise to sit down together as a family. Shandy's been helping this in our fam with us, helping us with this in our family. She put a chalkboard upstairs, and it's our giving thanks board. And every day, the children and I are supposed to write something else we're thankful for. Why do we do that? Well, it's because we like chalkboards and decorations in our house. And we want our children to know what we're thankful for. And as a parent, it's a blessing to know what your kids are thankful for. It really is. And as a pastor, it's encouraging to know what you're thankful for. Hope you'll fill that out. You don't have to turn it in to me. Just keep it for yourself. Put it in your Bible. As you're going through a difficult time, pull it out and say, Wow, I do have a lot to be thankful for. There's a song that talks about that. It says, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. The verses talk about things like, does your cross seem heavy that you are called to bear? Does the road, is the road seem lonely that you're walking on? 
He says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. It'll surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, I think if we gave praise and thanks to God as we should, we would have better marriages. We would have better relationships with our children. I think we would find more joy in going to work and cleaning the house and mowing the grass and driving in Houston traffic and dealing with all the things of life. Wouldn't it be interesting to change our perspective to one of praise and thanksgiving so when the bills come in the mail, instead of being mad and throwing them aside, say, ah, be thankful that you have bills. Having bills means that you had the ability to at least have something to pay for. And at least at one time, you had the ability to pay it, hopefully. We have a lot to praise God for. How's your praise this morning? If there's something in your heart this morning that's keeping you separated from God, would you ask Him to forgive you? Confess your sin to God because it's really hard to praise Him if you don't come with a pure heart. And you can't purify yourself. You need God to forgive you. If you have a pure heart, give thanks to God and to God alone. Remember, it's a tremendous testimony to all those around doesn't mean your life is without discouragement, heartache, pain, suffering, trouble, but it does mean you serve a God who's in control of it all. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Confess your sin to God and then give praise to Him. Father, help us. I sense this morning that while there are many that agree with me mentally that the challenge of getting right with you so that we can have true praise to you can be overwhelming. And there may be some holding back on their praise and thanksgiving because of something in their life that's keeping them from you. I pray that this morning they would Lay that burden down. Stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to carry it on their own. Stop trying to make excuses for it. And confess it to you. And trust you for the outcome. Lord, I know I struggle with wondering what you're going to do and why you're going to do it and how it's all going to work out. Lord, help us to have the faith of a child to just give our lives to you. And praise you for what you've done and trust you for what you will do. And give thanks for all the blessings that we have. Bless our time now. I pray that people would respond to you in spirit and in truth this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. Take a moment. Take several. Take as much time as you need this morning. Get right with God. Don't do it for me. Don't do it for our church. Do it for the Lord because He's done so much for you. Trust Him today.